Welcome to the new episode of Quarter Quest, Comics on the Cheap. Can I ask you a question before we begin? Have you ever wanted to have your own podcast? If so, we'd like to recommend Podbean. We've been using it for the last three years, and we love it. It's easy to use, and the customer support is amazing. Just go to podbean.com and enter the code HAUNTEDLOG at checkout and get your first month of podcasting for free. That's podbean.com, Haunted Log. Now, on to the show. Hey everybody, it's Nick. Hey, just waiting for Ryan to come in, and then we're going to start episode 75 of the It's Too Wordy comic book podcast, coming live. And here's Ryan. Hey Ryan, what's up? What's going on? Not much. Uh, just doing the intro, and I did want to have music on this, but apparently it's just going to buffer the entire time. So thanks, Podbean. All right. All right. So, welcome everybody to the It's Too Wordy Comic Book Podcast, where a couple of buddies talk about comics from their childhood and today. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And today, we were supposed to talk about Goosebumps, but it got pushed back a week. So now you know what we're looking forward to next week. And then we did the letter W. So, uh, and it sounds like Nick's got some fun stuff to talk about uh, as well. So, with that, probably should get the ball rolling. Uh, you want to go ahead and go first, Nick? Um, you want to go first? Mine's going to be kind of a long talk. All right. So, my W is probably one of the more hated characters I've ever encountered. I do not like this character at all. Uh, I did a what if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I was going to try to find something different. I'm like, well, Wolverine, what if he's Lord of the Vampires? Good chance he dies at the end of this. I'm going to read it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so those for not familiar with the what if stories, they are alternate reality of stories that took place. So at one point, the X-Men battled Dark or Dracula. They would obviously win. In this world, um, Dracula actually wins. And Wolverine still has some control of himself and challenges Dracula to be Lord of the Vampires and promptly defeats him. Uh, then he goes on and promptly changes all of mutant kind over to vampires, starts working on superheroes, and then starts going after the humans. Um, the only person that is said to be able to stop him is Doctor Strange, and he has... Oh, I'm not going to find it now. I know it. Uh, the Book of Darkhold. And that's the way to stop the vampires. So they capture Doctor Strange and kill him. And what it basically gets back down to is Doctor Strange's cape takes off after the Juggernaut is the one that kills Doctor Strange. And his cape, um, excuse me, he, he starts on, he's on the astral plane at this point. So he's talking to his master, his 
what is the leader, the master? Is that who trained them? Uh, trained who? Uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, the the for uh, the ancient one. The ancient. Thank you. Yes, the ancient one. And the ancient one tells them, "Well, you can still control the cape, and you can still help somebody find this book." And so he chooses the Punisher. And the cape ends up on him. And so he's going to Dr. Strange's house. Dr. Strange is talking to him in his head. Uh, so it's very much like a firestorm type story. And he starts battling all the X-Men. And at one point it comes down to Wolverine versus him. And Kitty Pride jumps in the middle and goes, don't kill Wolverine. And the Punisher without even hesitating cuts her head off. Wolverine destroys the Punisher at that point and is so upset and distraught about Kitty dying that his mind becomes freed a little bit and Doctor Strange is able to get into his head and kind of takes over and has him recite the words from the Book of the Darkhold to kill all vampires. And so I was very happy to see that Wolverine did die <laughs> and everybody that was a vampire kind of just turned to dust and all that was left was humans and Doctor Strange flying through the astral plane and the watcher saying, see what happens? And that's how it ended. Nice. So, I, you know, I've always liked Elseworlds. I've always... Uh, Elseworld type books I think DC's always done a better job and it's not because I'm a DC homer but I've always thought they've done a better job with those kind of Elseworld stories where the what ifs always felt like they were trying to trying too hard Mm -hmm. I guess, I don't know Um, and then at some point Marvel realized they ran out of ideas so they started turning everything that was a what if into a reality in the Marvel universe. And so what ifs don't really even exist anymore. Um, Which there's that. So what, what if, what if Peter Parker's clone survived? What if um, Jane Jane Foster Foster became Thor? Yeah. Yeah. What if if, Spider-Man joined the fantastic four? Right. Um, My favorite is what if Nick Fury fought world war two in space? Yeah. That's my favorite. Because it's so stupid. If what if uh, Silver Surfer got the Infinity Gauntlet? It happened. Yeah. Yeah. Or what if Thanos joined the Avengers? Yeah. Is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like they just ran out. Yeah. Yep. Hey, here's a look at me like, oh, here's another one that's already happened. (laughs) Yeah, but here's a hundred and some issues that we could just, just like farm for ideas. Uh huh. You know, what if Jean Grey survived being Phoenix? Oh. <laughs> How many times has that happened? Yeah, they just kind of ran with it and it was, it's ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So that sounds like a very fun read. What issue was is that? Like 24? Well, that was, yeah, you're right on 24. I, uh, I'm putting all the images up on our Discord. So, we have a visual reference of the issues that we're talking about. So as we're going, 
if I'm not seeming like I'm paying attention, it's just that I'm looking up the issue that you're talking about to find the image of it. No, so, I I knew you were doing that, and I I dig it. So, all right. So, um, I went to Half Price Books today, and I was originally going to do one book, so I'm going to make this two, 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 two issue W character, right? Um, so I pulled out from my my stack Avengers number one hundred two, which is the first appearance of Wonder Man since Avengers number nine. Oh, he, wow. uh, he's still dead. He's still in a tube being kept in stasis. And this issue, I'm not even going to go through the last half of it. I'm just going to go through the first maybe 10 pages. This uh, 102, this is from, hold on. I don't like doing this on air, but um, it's by Roy Thomas. So that ages this. So this is from, 1972 right so this issue the vision gets some kind of like note from uh, an anonymous source telling him he needs to meet this guy in a warehouse in a really horrible part of town and this is the vision that i love like he's dark he's brooding and you don't f with him because you you don't know what he's going to do he's just a walking ghost pretty much is how you pretty much think of him. Um, so he's walking down these mean streets of New York in back alleys and he's about to get mugged and he doesn't even pay attention to the muggers. He's just thinking like, I need to meet whoever this is and how the hell do they know who I am? Right. And he just kind of ignores them. Like they don't even matter to him. He just phases through them and just walks into a building. And inside the building is the Grim Reaper. And the Grim Reaper is Eric Williams. He's the brother of Simon, who is Wonder Man. And the Grim Reaper is like, I have a deal for you. You attack the Avengers and I will give you your original human body back. I will I will take your brain and put it in the body of Simon. And battle commences. And then he's like, wait a minute. You actually have the body of Simon Williams? You know, like, um, no. The answer is straight up no. I will not do this. I don't care. I will not go into that body, right? That is Simon's Mm -hmm. body. That's not mine. And Grim Reaper gives him, he's like, here, here's a little token. If you ever need to contact me, it's kind of a civil, like they're, they're actually like brothers, like talking about this stuff because the vision has Simon Williams brain pattern. So he's actually Simon in the vision's body, which is really weird. So he's actually, they're just like sitting there talking like brothers, like, you know, they hate each other, but they're going to be civil with each other. And long story short, Vision leaves and decimates the street punks, right? He's just like, you know what? Super pissed off now, just super mad. He walks out and they're going to attack him and they're like, wait a minute, hold on. We didn't see this. We didn't know who you were. And he's like, well, too late. And he just phases through them and like, just like hurts them really bad. And 
he he has this love for the Scarlet Witch that came from Simon, right? So Simon was in love with her before he died. And Vision goes back to Avengers Mansion and catches Hawkeye and the Scarlet Witch kissing. Uh oh. Um, it is not what he thinks is happening. Like Wanda wants nothing to do with Clint at all. They're good teammates, but that's about it. And he kind of forces the kiss on her and the vision sees that. And he's like, well, you know what? I'm just a robot. He's a flesh and blood man and kind of like turns around and walks away, which is, and then for some reason, the celestials come. Or actually, the Sentinels come in an Avengers book. Kind of ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So that's the first time since Avengers number nine that Wonder Man appeared. And he doesn't appear as an Avenger. He appears sometime, like every couple months, like maybe every 30 issues, he goes away and comes back. And he came back as a full member of the Avengers in I think number 160 yeah 160 so if you want to talk about Chris Claremont playing the long game with his characters uh, Wonder Man has been since 1964 playing in the background until 1977 whoa so that is kind of the long burn for, for Wonder Man now I picked up for 50 cents today Wonder Man number 25 from 1993. I forgot how much I love this book. It's so good. Like when we were talking last week about how this is one character that you kind of like never got into or wanted to, but never did. Yeah. I will let you borrow this. You don't have to know anything about him. Um, Simon is figuring out that he's not human anymore. And he's a living, um, ball, like a living energy. He's not even, he's not flesh and bone. He's just made out of energy and he, he's learning how to control it. And the beast is helping him out. And throughout the West coast Avengers and the Avengers, him and the beast were always good friends. So it's not really a surprise to see them together. And, he gets attacked while he's learning to use his new powers by the, uh, what are they called? What are they? The Legion of, uh, the Masters of Evil, right? So you got Goliath, you've got the Executioner, you got Baron Zemo, you got Manape, and the Enchantress. And they're all coming after Simon. And he's like, wait a minute, all you guys are dead, right? You're all dead. What's going on? Why? Who's messing with me? And it turns out that these are not the Masters of Evil. They're all Mephisto in different shapes. Oh, nice. And this huge battle between... This book is long. Like, I didn't realize how long this book would be, but... Um, the Black Talon is sided with Mephisto to get Simon to go on their side. But his girlfriend's soul is with uh, Black Heart. 
right? And so he's stuck in the middle and just so much happens in this book. Like it's just a big setup for him to come into realizing that he's immortal. He, he can't die. He, for the longest time, he's been so afraid of death that he's just fallen back and played the stupid guy, the guy that needs to be told what to do all the time. Right. And in this issue, he's figures out, Hey, I don't have to be that guy anymore. I can be the total badass that I want to be. And I won't have to worry about dying. And it, Oh man, it goes through like why Eric and him hate each other so much about how their parents died in the fire and how, the whole time Eric was blaming Simon for their deaths, but it was actually Eric doing it. But, and there's so much in this that it was so good. Right. Like I was, I, I was like, Oh my God, this is great. You know? Um, so Eric dies or the Grim Reaper dies and they have to go and give him a funeral and all that stuff. But Dude, for fifty cents or whatever I pay for this, ah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to go grab more of these. I can't believe I used to buy it. I never thought it was that great, but I guess whatever. Thirty years later, the book actually holds up really well. Wow, that's saying something. So, yeah, I mean, and I don't even know who these guys are that wrote it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know who Gerard Jones is. So yeah. Um, definitely go find, if you don't know anything about Simon or Wonder Man or anything like that, pick up, like, this is part four of A Hero Reborn, the storyline, or called Hidden Depth. Um, definitely go pick that up. I mean, it's it's great. We'll have to look for some. <clears throat> Very nice. All right. So, Ryan, <clears throat> what's going on at the shop? Oh, what is going on at the shop? Um, you know, honestly, I'm not entirely sure what's going on currently. Um, I know they've just been, um, <clears throat> they just had Batman Day on Saturday. Um, they had one of the guys come around dressed up like Batman. Uh, nice. They've gotten some new books in as far as higher end stuff. Definitely worth checking out. Um, they've been getting a lot of the pop figures in for the child from the Mandalorian. And all of those have been selling out like crazy, but we have quite a few of them. So definitely go in and check that out. And uh, they've expanded their cases for the Transformers and He-Man and G.I. Joe. So they're making some adjustments and they're redoing some of the walls and stuff. Definitely worth going in and taking a look around. Cool. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been in, so I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, I, I didn't go in this last weekend, so I, usually that's where I kind of get caught up on what I'm 
what's going on. So I had to try to think back to last Wednesday. That seems so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. On to the random reads. So I've, uh, I've got three of them. And I think I will start with Damsel's uh, Mermaids, uh, issue one. So uh, the show that Nick and I go to once a quarter uh, came through, and I found a copy of Damsel's Mermaids. And I've been wanting to try it out. I just never wanted to pay three or four bucks for it. Uh, I kind of always felt it was going to be like uh, another grim fairy tale type thing. And it is to an extent, but I think I like the storytelling a little bit better in this. Um, the art is hit and miss. Uh, so this is written by Matt Sturges and illustrated by Jean-Paul Song. And um, it's basically a retelling of The Little Mermaid. Um, she got outcast from her kingdom and a prince also got outcast from his kingdom and was left on an island and they become friends and so forth. Uh, the one I really want to talk about on this is what I was talking about with the art. Um, the undersea scenes, I think they did a fantastic job with that. Um, and even further back scenes where or excuse me, a closer up scenes. They did a great job on the characters, facial features and everything. But if it is a character in the background, it's like, I don't care. I'm just going to make it look like they've got some kind of facial expression. Yeah. And it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Um, it was a fun story. I, I know there's a series called Damsels. Uh, this is just the Mermaids one. Uh, this is like the first one I picked up, so uh, wanted to check it out. And you know, it's an okay read. Um, if I find some more for cheap, I'd probably pick it up and keep reading it. But the artwork is enough to kind of push me back from paying that three dollar price point on it. Um, next, I am going to talk about Heavy by Cult or Vault Comics. Issue one just came out this last week. I told Nick earlier that I got five books this week for my pull file, and all of them were uh, independent titles. They weren't from the major companies, and I really enjoyed it. Um, this book called Heavy is by Max Bemis and Eric Donovan, and it is about a guy who his girlfriend, or no, his wife and him end up dead, and he ends up going to basically purgatory and he gets assigned missions. And so he gets sent to earth to beat up on bullies and um, protect the weak is basically how it boils down. And um, great character development on it. They kind of explain the background of the character. Um, the purgatory is broken down into certain groups, which I thought was hilarious. Um, they've got the, what is it, Cherubics, who seduce shitty partners and expose them so the righteous folks can meet their actual soulmate. Uh, <laughs> influencers who are responsible for encouraging each, or such awesome trends as communism, 
those curly man wigs in the Twilight Saga. They have Teamsters, uh, where they take one for all the team, or for the they take one for the uh, suicide cases who now literally leap in front of buses or act as a landing pads for jumpers all to save their lives. Um, the brokers who manipulate the economy. Um, yeah, and then they, there's the heavies. Is a gang of angry mooks who are sick enough to punch or punish the uh, punish the bad. And um, he ends up having to go. He gets assigned a case where he has to go talk to a alternate version of Leonardo da Vinci who thinks he's the bomb, and he sends Leonardo has all these people that are just worshiping him and he sends his warriors after uh, this guy and <laughs> he pulls out a big gun. He's like, yeah, your weapons are great, but you don't know what bullets are yet. And just takes them all out. I mean, it, nice. There's humor to this. There's just, and it rolls right into his backstory of how he ended up dead. And, he really wants to get out of this position, but for him to get out of this position, he's got to keep on earning those uh, brownie points, per se. And the head person of his department basically goes, well, you need to get a partner. That'll get you a lot of points. You'll get out of here a lot faster. But here's the deal. You don't get to choose who your partner is. You don't get to change partners. Once you're assigned a partner, you're assigned a partner, you're done. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And there's a massive twist. I don't want to give it away. This was fantastic. Um, definitely pick it up if you can find it. I had great humor, fun storytelling. The art was gorgeous. Definitely worth checking out. And then finally, I did William Shatner's Tech World. I was really thinking this was going to be unbelievably horrible. I had a buddy reach out to me and goes, Hey, are you interested in any tech world books? I'm like, I've never read it. Sure. Why not? So he got me four books and, um, this was actually decent. I think the worst part about it is the main character looks like William Shatner. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean the, the art is just very clean and good looking. Um good character development throughout. Uh this is taking place in the future, uh where uh what's his name? I want to call him Tech and I know that's it. Not it. Jake Cardigan is in suspended animation for a crime that he supposedly did not commit. Um and he gets pulled out. He was supposed to be in there for 14 years. He gets pulled out by his ex-police partner uh, because he was with the police, and he's a private eye, and he needs help. And he go- so uh, Carding goes home. His wife and son have left him. They left a voicemail for him basically saying, hey, we're in Mexico now. Leave us alone. Um I divorced you while we were in suspended animation. Well, tech is a drug that you can get on. 
and he was apparently addicted to it. And at one point he puts the tech gear back on and uh, it shows that his family's home with him. And then that's when his buddy uh, ex-cop partner shows up and basically like, I need your help. You need to come help me with this stuff. And he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? And um, they're going to go see a person to get some information from them and kabooey they blow up or that person blows up so that's where it starts off at um i've got two three and five i think so i'm going to keep on reading them see how they go but i did actually kind of enjoy it fun little futuristic story which i was not expecting i was expecting to hate it so yeah yeah i was kind of i'm nervous about reading anything that shatner does for sci-fi because (laughs) Tech War. Yeah. Yep. Scott put on there. This must be uh, Tech World. Yep. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> that, yes. yeah, after that, I'm very nervous about reading anything Shatner writes for sci-fi. Like, his autobiographies are great. His stories about going to cons are great. Um, but um, his fiction? I don't know. So hopefully. Did he write that? Issue? No, he did not. <laughs> so it's just based on. Um, he is the creator, but the writer of it was Ron Goulart, and the mm-hmm. art was by Lee Sullivan. Nice. So, I, like I said, it wasn't horrible. I'll keep on reading the issues I have. Will I go out and pursue it? Most likely not. But we'll yeah, see yeah. what happens. Cool. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can find those for pretty cheap anyway, so. Yeah. Well, I passed up a whole bunch of them in Alan's thing because I hadn't even tried them yet, and I wasn't going to waste books on that. Yeah. I knew if I liked it or not. Cool. Um, so, is that that's all you got? That's all I got. I'm done. All right. So, I'm going to do – I got four. I can't believe I actually read so many comics. Um, there are some that I didn't want to talk about i read the first five issues of dark hawk okay that's that man that's long i can't i forgot how long 90s comics were so yeah they're good they're good they're better than i remember we'll we'll do some dark hawk talk later um first off i have fathom number one from comico from 1987 written by bill willingham so if you know fables that is Bill Willingham. And it's funny if you meet him at a con and you give him an elementals book, it's like a shock that people know that he did something else other than fables. So if you ever meet Bill, take him something other than fables, please. (laughs) Um, So this is Fathom from the elementals, right? So, they're a, they're a team of four that have different powers based on the elements. And she's water. And this, but she's green, right? She's green. And for me, she should be blue, right? She's water. She should be sense. blue. Blue, yeah. Right? But this is a story of after she gets her powers and becomes kind of famous, and she goes back to her high school reunion. So... She goes back and 
she supposedly died on a shipwreck, but she was given powers by uh, a sea witch, kind of uh, like an entity that lives in the ocean, kind of like a god or some kind of magical being. Mm-hmm. And she goes back and meets her friends from high school. And they're all having fun until they ask her to show her her powers. And she's like, yeah, I'll do that. Right. Like watch this. And she takes her hands and they have fins. Right. And she makes water flow between them. Kind of like um, doing a, a slinky. Right. So she sure. proves it and her friends freak out. They're like, uh, 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 you, you're not who you're, you're not Becky. You're not the same Becky that you were in high school. She's dead. And her, one of her friends just takes off. And the other one is like, you're a jerk. You're really nasty trick. You pulled over her coming back to this reunion, all green and super powered. And how dare you be alive? Pretty much. And she's like, hey, hey, hold on. Let me just tell you what's happened. You know, this, this not really fair. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't choose to have powers. I wanted to survive pretty much. So she, she kind of makes amends with her friends. And then she goes looking for her family. Right. So she goes back to her house and her parents aren't there. Her brother's not there. They're out on their boat and she swims out to meet them. And they're trying to help a tugboat getting attacked by a giant squid. Book is crazy. Right. So, um, so I'm not sure if it's her brother or not, but there's a guy I think he's one of the elementals who can turn into rock and he's trying to fight this thing. And he knows that if he goes in the water, he's going to suddenly sink. Right. But he has to help anyway. And in he goes and down he goes so far that she can't get to him. And that's where the story ends. So they're like, well, he can walk across the ocean floor. He doesn't have to breathe. He's a rock. But we don't know what those depths are going to do to him. Right. So that's wow. where that ends. Um, definitely not a superhero book. More uh, more like uh, life, a day in the life of for her, right? Hmm. All right. So number two is Elvin number zero from 1994 Ultraverse. Uh, written by Len with Greg Luzniak, Penciler, and Todd Riddick, Inker. This is totally 90s. So 90s. Um, <laughs> so this, and you can just tell. I mean, just how it's drawn, how it's written. It's sloppy, like a total 90s comic. Uh, The male protagonist is a total piece of shit. Um, He beats women. He's in a women's shelter looking for his wife who ran away from him so he can shoot her. Um, He gets the snot kicked out of him by a nun. (laughs) 
who used to be military, right? So she's like, well, he wasn't going to shoot. I know what shooters look like, and this guy was not one. I'm betting that gun wasn't even loaded. And, of course, the gun's not loaded. The guy runs out. He's still pissed. Goes to the same fence he did before to buy a new gun, and this time he's buying bullets. And to to, uh, spend a little bit of time, he goes into a strip club to get drunk just to wait for his wife or girlfriend to leave the the mission or wherever she's at. And he is so plastered that he attempts to rape a woman at gunpoint. And there's this thing that interrupts them. I mean, this is a lumbering, looks like a huge dude in fantasy Viking garb, right? Hmm. And it's bulletproof and it it can shoot things out of its arms and beats the crap out of him, right? And you get a good look at it. It's, it says something like, hey, tough guy, aren't you going to call me some names? Maybe tell me how you're going to come get me. What's the matter? I guess I'm not your type. And it's just this giant ripped woman in he-man style clothing right so it's got like this giant horn thing um metal bra uh metal bracers a giant skull over her her pubis area with uh like it's it's the craziest looking hero ever so she's got a fur loincloth and giant metal boots and so that's that's part one. And the second part is the origin of how she got the powers. And supposedly there was some kind of like deal with a devil. And let me just tell you, I couldn't get this far. I couldn't get this far. So yeah. she, she made a deal with some kind of devil and he granted her the powers and made her go fight Prime. And Prime is Ultraverse's Shazam. And... He hits her so hard that she melts away the outer body that's made out of the green gunk like him. And they find out that they are alike and they have their powers are the same. They both are young people who can put on a giant exo body that has powers. And they go off and they defeat that... um, devil type dude and yeah um very weird and i'm pretty sure that elvin does not look like a giant ripped dude after this issue they kind of soften <laughs> her up to make her more like manta or mantra was right. so yeah um there's only 5 issues of elvin and I think I'm going to stick to zero. I think I'm going to stick to zero. Um, Next is JLA Classified number eight from 2005, written by Giffen and DeMatteis, with art by McGuire. So if you like Justice League Unlimited, yeah, go find out. Go find Justice League Classifieds with the, I can't believe it's not the Justice League in it. Um, 
So I'm a sucker for good girl art. And on the cover of this is Mary Marvel with a see-through lightning bolt, um, stockings, fishnet stockings, and a garter. And she's beating the crap out of Guy Gardner. So the the league is in an alternate world where like I think anything that they have in their brains comes true. I never read issue seven, so this book was crazy, to say the least. Um, Blue Beetle has no idea who any of these people are. And he meets Power Girl for the first time, and he's like, what's your name? Like, Power Girl? She's like, yeah. He's like, nah. oh, man, that is dumb. That is so <laughs> dumb. And then he meets Booster, and he's like, what's your name? Booster Gold. Oh, man, who wrote this? You guys are – this is a stupid, you know? And that guy's name is Guy Gardner, and who's that? Nort? And Nort is like this giant rampaging monster that's terrorizing the town. <laughs> so they have to come together to fight him. But weird crap starts happening. Like out of the blue, like Mary Marvel comes around and she's in that black outfit and she knocks Guy Garner down. And then Mary, the real Mary comes along and punches her. And then Power Girl punches Mary. And okay, um, Power Girl gets hit from the back into the in the back of the head, right? And there is probably the uh, okay. So it's it's Captain Marvel. He's wearing a dog collar, wrist bracelets, a half shirt made out of leather with a gold like Shazam symbol on it, leather pants, and a chain belt. Oh, man. Um, It's so, so weird. Because it's like a domination-type Captain Marvel that is just weirding me out. (laughs) Um, Yeah. This is not one of the best stories from that creative team. And I don't know if I actually like it or not. I might have to read the other ones, but I don't know. I mean, even they make a joke, you know, in the, when they're doing the credits in the beginning. Yeah. And they name them like Keith swiftly running out of ideas. Giffen JM swiftly running out of old jokes. Day Matias <laughs> Kevin swiftly running out of goofy facial expressions. McGuire. And <laughs> it kind of feels like they were actually running out of ideas. Like they have no <laughs> idea where this is going. So they did that. And for my final one, I did Nova number one from 2016, 2017. So it's after Richard comes back from the, the cancer verse to, to take over as, as Nova. And there's still, um, Oh my God. Why can I not remember that kid's name? Uh, running around is yeah it's been a long time since i read nova oh my gosh that uh, uh 
I know who you're talking it's about. Sam, Sam, Sam. Sam. Oh, well. But anyway. So um, Richard comes home and his mom, you know, he's, he's, he sees his mom as a ghost. Like, she's like, everything's going to be fine. And she's like, has a little freak out. Like, he went back into that world. Like, he never escaped it. And so he's like, oh, no, it's okay. Um, Mom, who, who gave you my helmet, right? You know, my helmet is supposed to be with me, and somehow it's at your house. And then it switches to Sam fighting on Ego and making fun of a giant planet with a, with a goatee. It's Sam oh, Alexander, by the way. Sam Alexander. That's it. Okay. And uh, so it goes to Sam, and... It's he's going to high school, right? And oh, great! Um, he has the whole. I'm in a Nova suit. I don't have any other clothes, so I'm in my underwear, kind of nightmare, which comes true because he has no other clothes. He meets the new girl in school. He's wearing his friend's, not washed for like months, gym clothes pretty much. So he smells. And uh, Rich is trying to come to terms with being Nova again, like being back on Earth, you know, being alive and great and stuff. So he takes off and, like, into, to go into space and seems like he has a heart attack. Plummets to Earth and there behind him is a cloud that looks exactly like the cancer. It's like all dark and it's got eyes and stuff and I read on CBR that they are going to probably retire Richard Ryder. Like have him retire from being Nova again, because he's come back from the cancer verse died, came back. I think almost died again because they have no idea what they're doing with him. Right. They're like, he's, he's been at war since forever. You know, he's, you know, he died, came back, died. Captain Marvel or Captain America has been at war since the thirties. So, Please tell me how a guy created in the seventies can be tired of it. It's, he's he's he had to give up until the nineties, so he hasn't really been in continuity for all that long. But it's like they just want Rich to go away and have Sam Alexander take over completely, which I mean, even. Rich's brother from the original Nova book is gallivanting through space as somebody else. He's no longer a Nova. He's somebody else. And it's like, God damn it. You know what? Just, just completely kill the writer family. It's fine. Just do it. Whatever. Take my favorite character for a long time. When, when you guys don't know what you're doing with a character, it's obvious. When you made Captain America going, with a 1-800 hotline driving around the country in a van (laughs) with a motorcycle in the back, having a phone number for people to contact him to help them out. That is when you know you have nothing else to do. You have run out of ideas. (laughs) And if you constantly kill off a character, maybe you should give that to somebody else. 
maybe you have some kind of deep-seated hatred for this character that you should not be writing for. Or you just plain up don't get it. I just, I don't get it. So, you know, I'm hoping that when they do bring Nova into the MCU in the future, that he's an older guy, kind of like the rest of them, right? They're almost right. all in their 40s. But I think Rich should probably be close to his 50s and be just um, weathered like a, an old soldier would be. Right. And just that kind of guy. You know, he's seen the the horrors of the universe. He's survived almost all of them. He's, yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. But I'm betting they're going to get somebody pretty and in their 20s. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Because they keep pushing it. They keep pushing. Maybe they should bring Darkhawk in, make him the pretty young thing, and then make Nova the old grizzled bastard. Yeah. Right? Like, he saw his whole planet get destroyed. He saw all the Nova core get destroyed, pretty much. Yeah. They're all dead in the movie continuity. So he, yeah, so he's seen a lot of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, but I think he should also have a 1970s haircut. He should look like he came out of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and he's hanging out with Twinkie. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a uh, uh, what is that bodysuit with no pockets, like uh, Will Deering did in Buck Rogers. Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, I hope they do right by him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing that for this these look. I'm just in a Marvel movie. Oh. If uh, if Richard Hatch was still alive, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, that'd be fantastic. Wow! All right, well, that's all I got. Reading done. Jeez, that's that's yeah, that's all I got. You're all over the place. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to expand my reading horizon after, I don't know, I just was like, oh, I kind of liked reading Hellboy, something that's not about a superhero. I kind of liked reading yeah. some stuff that just I haven't read in a long time. And when, I, when you introduced me to that Facebook group, there's yeah. been a lot of stuff on there that I'm just like, I had some of those. I had some of those. I got uh, some... Some mini mites. I was going to read this book called Mini Mite, or uh, they're called the mites, the M I T E S. Right. And there's the X Men, there's the Bat Mite, there's uh, so much weird crap. But I was starting to look at it, and this is the, one of the books I got for like 20 cents. 
and it's got mold in it. And as soon as I opened that up, I was like, I can't even look at this. Right. I mean, I had these back in the nineties, but I just, I can't, I can't subject myself to all this mold that's in this book. Yeah. All right. Uh, so moving over to the top 10, I'll go ahead and go first since you, you uh, just did a whole bunch of talking there. So our top 10 is the letter V. So my number 10 is the ventrilo ventriloquist. Nine's Valkyrie. Eight, Venom. Seven, Vulture. Six, Vulcan. Five, Vision. Four, Vengeance from the pages of Ghost Rider. Three, V from V for Vendetta. Two, The Vigilante. And number one, Vandal Savage. Nice. We've got a couple of the same ones on here. Um, number 10, Valkyrie. Number nine, Sharon Ventura. Uh, She-Thang, or the second Ms. Marvel. Number eight, Viper. Number seven, Valor. Number six, Voodoo. Because of those awesome outfits she used to wear in those Image comics. Oh, yep. baby. <laughs> um, five, Venom. Number four, Vance Astro or Vance Astrovic. Number three, Vampirella. Number two, Vindicator. Heather Hudson, Vindicator. And number one, Vision. I have to put Vision first. I knew Vision was going to be your number one. Just like I have a good idea who your number one is going to be next week. <laughs> For W? Yeah. Uh, Blinky the Wonder Cat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm gonna do all the wonder animals from Superman. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, news, do you have any? Um, uh, Not really. Um, I did watch, this isn't news, but I got to watch the cartoon adaptation of Batman. Oh my God. Gotham guy gaslight. That is really oh, good. Yeah. That's really oh, good. The, uh, the video store by my house is going out of business. So they're selling all their stuff. So we got a lot of that stuff. We got that. We got some dark JLA stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got to watch that today with Sophie. And let me just say, um, there's a lot of cussing, a lot of blood. Uh, pretty, pretty violent. Very violent. Wow. So if if you like the the original graphic I love novel, the original story, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna like it. It's it's just enough different that it'll you'll it'll keep your interest in it. Hmm. Have to check it out. Um, let's see. I saw DC Universe is going away. Yep. That's... It's all going to HBO or Cinemax, right? Yep. Yeah, so they're going to still do like a comicsology for their print books. 
Um, but they are going to all that other stuff's going to HBO Max, I believe, as far as shows. Um, they also announced that Hal Jordan is not the Green Lantern for the DC Universe movie arena. So I'm sure it's going to be John. Um, no yeah, I, I can see it. Kyle. Because uh, kids in the 90s grew up with John Stewart as Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Or is that the 2000s? So yeah. so Late 90s, 2000s. And that's the crazy thing is I did not. So when I started seeing all the toys of John Stewart, I'm like, who the hell's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Why are you pushing this Green Lantern on me? What no, mine? This is not the Green Lantern. No, I know. Um, oh, I'm going to say this. So 10 years ago, last Wednesday, my wife got me the Green Lantern uh, from Series 2, Issue 57. That was my first Silver Age Green Lantern book that I ever owned. And she started yep. me on this path of getting all the rest. <laughs> so I'm very appreciative of that. She's probably regretting it now, but I'm appreciative of it. Um, <laughs> and then, um, oh, I watched uh, The Witcher. Yeah, that was that was okay. It took me about half the season to figure out that a lot of it was like a flashback type thing mm-hmm. leading up to a certain point, I guess. And once I figured that out, it made a whole lot more sense to me. Um, and then I started a show called uh, Daybreak. It's like Ferris Bueller meets the zombie apocalypse. And it's okay. really funny and entertaining and definitely worth ch- checking out on Netflix. Cool. So that's what I had. There doesn't seem to be a lot of news this week. No, no. There wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, I even scoped through real quick just to make sure I didn't miss something. There's just, outside of that whole DC um, thing going on, that's about it. Um Yeah, so, not a whole else happening. So apparently Marvel has made the yellow lightsaber that Luke had for the action figure back in the 70s canon. Really? Because in the new one of the new issues of Star Wars, I think it's, yeah, number six, he's holding a yellow lightsaber. So they're fixing that error that Kenner did way back in the day. and as a kid nobody really cared we we were all like okay yeah so he's got a yellow one who cares what are they going to do next give a uh, go back to the 90s covers and make like a felt Jawa because there's that ultra rare felt Jawa action figure (laughs) of course there is like hey, this, the blood. <laughs> you can feel yeah. the felt. <laughs> hey, this this Yoda has a green light uh 
has a green snake. This one has a brown one. So we got to make two different covers. Figure out. <laughs> one's a one in 25 variant. The other one's one in a hundred variant. <laughs> and be, being alive in the seventies and in the early eighties, nobody cared. Like we just were happy to have toys that went along with our cartoons. We didn't care that it was messed up. Like nobody cared that in the comic for He-Man, Tila was the sorcerer, but in the cartoon she wasn't. And she had the snake goddess costume for the toy, but she never wore it in the cartoon. No, who cared? Yeah, it was just, it was just dumb. It's kind of a dumb thing. Ridiculous. (laughs) So it's like, well, you should probably change something else because the hilt was white too, you know? Yeah. So that's just it. Nobody cares. And I've dealt enough with the Star Wars stuff at the shop to know that, yeah, there you have those diehard collectors that want every little variant, okay, that's fine. But those guys aren't typically reading the Star Wars books. They're yeah. collecting the toys from their childhood. They're not reading... And kids nowadays, with the attention span they have, I doubt if they ever even noticed that... <laughs> <laughs> Just... Wow. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't need to have a scientific explanation on why Megatron could be held by Starscream. We didn't. We didn't care. We just knew he could shrink, right? Yeah. We we didn't care how a giant robot could turn into a boombox that sits on somebody's like desk. Yeah. We, that was the downside of Soundwave and. Blaster and Megatron and even Shockwave for me as a toy though was when you transform there's no playability. <laughs> yeah, right. Leave him as a robot. There. Well, I have a microscope. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. The McDonald's toys were more fun than them. <laughs> Here's a McNugget. Yeah. Here's a four pack of McNuggets. Here you go. Play with it. Sweet. Yeah. Milkshake. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was like fries, a milkshake, McNuggets, and a cheeseburger. Right? It that was like, like one, there's that was one, like the first one. one. Yeah. They had like four different series of them. Oh, did they really? Yeah. So apparently our generation was really gullible. We liked our garbage. Well, that's when you actually got a cool toy in the in the Happy Meal, though, too. Yeah, and you got cool toys out of the cereal boxes. No, <laughs> oh. I don't. Yeah, now it's just like here's a free movie ticket. <laughs> Great. Like oh, for SpongeBob that never came out. Sweet. <laughs> oh, too yeah. funny. Um, I don't know. I think that's pretty much all I got for this week. Yeah, me too. Me too. So with that being said, we're going to call it a wrap. 
Um, Nick and I have started working on our hunting Timothy, the Books of Magic podcast that we're going to be doing, where it's an in-depth uh, coverage of the Books of Magic uh, Volume 2. Um, so we'll be getting that out at some point. And that is going to be something we're going to be recording um, and not be live on. But uh, definitely, you know, if you dig this show, definitely check that out. Uh, I know Books of Magic is something I'm pretty passionate about. I think Nick is as well. Um, so you'll hear some different points of view on it and why it's so much better than Harry Potter. So other than that, um, I think that's it. This is Ryan. And Nick. Bye. See you guys.